everybody, and welcome back to another hair-raising, arousing episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the what's box? In the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Oh, and what is in the box this week? What um, is we, in the box this week? Oh, we are taking a journey into the land of ghosts and family culture and um, a tale about race in America deeply rooted in the contemporary Native American experience, as it says on the back of Mapping the Interior. <laughs> where I, where here I was thinking you were I'm like, wow, holy crap, she pulled that out, okay. I, I am not, I'm, I'm not that good. I need to be <laughs> stuff in front of me, but we are going to be talking about this amazing, incredible novella, M- Mapping the Interior, which came out in 2017 by mm-hmm. the very wonderful Stephen Graham Jones, who is actually here with us today. This is our special guest. We're so excited. <laughs> Thanks for having Hello, me. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a Hi. real, a real treat. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, um, as we are all about uh, relationships and horror and any kind of that media, um, of course, we absolutely want to delve into Junior and Dino, his mother, his father, their relationships to um, their culture life on the reservation versus off. so we will slowly get into all of that over the next hour, but we really wanted to start off with kind of your general thoughts on relationships and this very um, this this genre. Uh, what is their place as 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 a tool? Um, how do they fit into the, the horror genre? Yeah, you know, like relationships. Well, you know, we feel like because our podcast explores that. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're that they're they're kind of a part of that. How do you feel that you know relationships between people fit into the horror genre? Oh, I mean, you're always going to have the relationships in horror, really, in anything, of course. But um, definitely in horror, like this 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 novella, this story would be pretty empty if it was like a random ghost. You know, if if they just happened to move into a house and there was a ghost there from a previous occupant or something then I think it wouldn't have any resonance or there wouldn't be any emotional, emotional punch, you know, or junior wouldn't be divided as to what his reaction should be. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, especially, you know, talk about the the genre and the subgenre ghost stories. I mean, ghosts, ghosts are nearly always the ghost of someone, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, it's the same thing as in a, in a zombie movie. Um, if you have a choice of a zombie coming down the hall at you that's a random zombie, or if it's your grandma in zombie form, then you want it to be a random zombie because you're going to be a lot better at dispatching that random zombie than you are your grandma's zombie, you know? That's really, that makes sense. I mean, (laughs) I mean, ghosts often have like unfinished business, which, you know, Mm -hmm. fits into Mm -hmm. their relationships too, I think. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. So let's get into uh, Junior and the family's relationship Mm -hmm. um, with, you know, their community, first of all, and, Mm -hmm. and then moving off. Can you describe a little bit of kind of 
maybe how they related uh, to each other and to their community on the reservation and maybe why they moved and how they're mm -hmm. kind of fitting in or how I got the feeling not fitting in um, mm -hmm. when they got to their new place. Mm -hmm. um, I got the sense that the mom moved them away. I, just, I speak not as someone who, who necessarily made it or has secrets about it, just as somebody who reads it, you know, because <laughs> I, I never think I have any special insight into, into <laughs> stuff really. Um, but I got the sense that um, the mom moved them off reservation kind of because she was tired of trying to live down the specter. I guess it's a weird word to use in a ghost story, but to just to live down the the fallout of her husband and his, his murder, you know? Um, as for their relationship to their community, both on the reservation and off the reservation, I get this. I mean, you can see their you can see their relationship to their community at the bus stop, probably the best off reservation. You know, lot lots of friction. But to me, that friction wasn't really specific or local to be an Indian. It was just kids. You know, the, the, like when you're the new kid, you always get picked on, and mm. junior's a new junior's a new kid, and Dino attracts attention. So. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's to me that's why they're getting picked on anyways mm -hmm. as for how they were back on the reservation um I don't really know we never we never see them there so I mean yeah. presumably it was good and bad like it is everywhere you know yeah yeah it's it really is kind of funny that you know that is kind of the way it is kids will find any way to make you kind of an outsider if they can yeah you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> any anyone who's who's different right yeah. it just makes it a little bit easier for them to get to get yeah. picked on which is totally not fair <laughs> yeah. but and, and you're you're different if you haven't been there since kindergarten you know it's, yeah it's not, i don't think it's anything about how you look or your culture or anything like that i mean it can be it can be expressed through those like mm -hmm. mechanisms or dynamics yeah. but um it's mostly just you're new and new is different I think. yeah and kids are assholes Let's let's be can, real about it. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids can be assholes, maybe because their parents are assholes. So, you know. Yeah, get that, get that from somewhere. Um, what would you like to go on to next? Um, I was kind of like, I'm trying to like go back in the book because I, um, I wanted to touch back on, um, kind of on the mother's mm -hmm. like reasons for moving off the mm -hmm. reservation and of course we kind of get um junior's interpretation of that mm -hmm. and there's I, I forget what what page it's on but there's a mm -hmm. lovely line where where he says something to the effect of like maybe mom didn't want us to also you know drown drown like dad mm -hmm. and I, I kind of got the sense that it's not only like a literal drowning, but also maybe mm -hmm. like a metaphorical drowning. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'm on the right page with mm -hmm. that interpretation mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if maybe you can un unpack that yeah. a little bit more. Um, man, I don't even remember. I don't remember writing that line, so I probably <laughs> can't unpack it at all. <laughs> um, um, but I suspect just pretend you're a reader. Just pretend you're yeah, a reader. Yeah. I suspect it. I suspect it's a um literal I suspect it's a literal drowning because mm. it seems like a metaphorical drowning would then be the mom like kind of saying the reservation is bad or Indians are bad or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And um and I don't know, that that doesn't 
totally seemed like the kind of thing I would do anyways, you know? Yeah. I mean, every, every, every character is going to have their own um, angle and point of view onto everything, of course, and they can't all think what I think. But um, I suspect that she sees a seed of the father in each of these kids, or at least in Junior, Mm-hmm. and knows that he's going to have the same set of predilections, which is going to lead him to the shallows of the lake somewhere, getting his face beat in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because especially because she says, you know, he looks exactly like him or looks a lot mm-hmm. like him, and mm-hmm. that becomes a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that now. It's like all of a sudden got quiet, but like I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man, my mom yeah. used to say that to me when yeah. I was a kid. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I look just like I look just like your mother, and you never tell whether is that a good thing or a bad thing. Like you never know. Like, do you yeah, want to yeah. look like your parent, or do you not want to look like your parent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question. Do you think? I mean, I think Junior becomes conflicted mm-hmm. about that, like how much he's mm-hmm. like his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, looking like him, not looking or being mm-hmm. interested in what he was interested in. Like, do you yeah. do you get that too a little bit, or? Um, I think, I think think every, every child and I mean, I don't know, I say every child, I can't speak for daughters, I guess, but every son does feel a little bit like they're putting on their father's boots, you know, to some extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, so the ghost going, going into the ghost and how he uh you know has that in his mind that he's kind of pulling from things he knows um about his father i mean how how i mean we get a very real sense that his terror and his fear and fascination Mm -hmm. and all these feelings that Mm -hmm. he's feeling about it are real and i kind of just wondered like how how accurate do you think his depiction was of the ghost when he was seeing it? Like, was it a vision of kind of what he wanted his father mm-hmm. to be like, mm-hmm. or or is it, or was it more like, you know, was he kind of just doing the good parts or the bad parts, mm-hmm. or you know, how did that? How yeah. did he kind of wrestle with that? I think I feel like um, it, it seemed to me like he was relaying what he was like, you know, visually seeing honestly or reliably you know um i guess i guess if he wasn't that would mean he and dino could see a different like projection or a different version or something which which may happen we never see from dino's point of view of course um but to me this ghost was um started out incorporeal and then started like walking up the the slow on-ramp to having a body and i think part of having a body or being physical is that you're locked into a certain aspect, you know, you're not going to look different to different people. So, yeah, I think he was, he might've been like, you know, um, he might've had like rose colored glasses on at first, you know, seeing his dad in a certain, certain way, a certain light, you know, um, like favorably, but then he sees him as he is towards the end, I think, or maybe, maybe towards the middle even. Yeah, and I think, and I think maybe, um, what do you think, John? And like that mm-hmm. comes with as he finds out more about his father, like that that picture mm-hmm. changes, kind of maybe as he finds out more and asks questions. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole general and very very unsettling progression of like as Junior becomes more and more like 
don't, I don't want to say like obsessed, but like really he gets really into like invested. He gets really invested. Yeah. He gets really invested. And as Mm -hmm. the ghost like becomes more of this physical, more opaque manifestation, Mm -hmm. like Dino's condition kind of deteriorates. And Mm -hmm. for me, it walked this like very fine line between, um, uh, like this literal ju- like like junior seem seems to think that his dad is actually more of an evil spirit that's that's affecting Dino mm-hmm. but also at the mm-hmm. same time it came across to me anyway as this metaphor of like hey junior you know stop living so much in the past right now like shit's going on with your family stuff's going mm-hmm. on with your brother you know mm-hmm focus your energy here and take care of them because mm. like your dad, they may, they may not be there. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I have no idea if I'm on base or yeah. not, Stephen, with that. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds, it sounds good to me. Um, okay. I never like people, people will, they always say stuff about, you know, a different interpretation or read of something I write. And it always just sounds good to me. Cause I like, I don't, I don't think I really have intentions when I write, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just like, and, um, and so everything somebody says is probably right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kind of ascribe to the, you know, we create meaning, we don't find it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think everybody, fi- people find what they need in stories, you know, and mm-hmm. from year to year, they'll read the same story and they'll find something different that they need in the same story. I think, you know? Oh, yeah. for sure. It's yeah. yeah it's kind of like, as readers or people who are interpreting the text, we're going yeah. to say, oh, the author made the cur- the curtains blue to represent uh-huh. the melancholy uh-huh. and the sadness, yeah. whereas yeah. the writer, the, the, the curtains are just blue. Like, yeah. they yeah. don't represent anything. Yeah. It's blue. Yeah. I like blue. I was looking at blue curtains yeah. when I wrote the sentence, so. Yeah. Yeah, when, when, I, when, I, when I happen to go back and look at stuff that I've, you know, written and published, um, I never try to figure out what I mean. I always try to figure out what song was I listening to when I wrote that scene because I can often tell because I've incorporated little turns in the song on the page, you know? And, um, and so it's completely arbitrary to me. It can go this way or that way depending on what Def Leppard says, you know? Can you remember any from mapping the interior? I can't. This is, um, I kept a log when I was doing it and it's on my site. It's called Mapping the Interior of Mapping the Interior. So if, if there was any music involved, and there always is music with my stuff, then it might, I might have written it down there. I probably did, you know. But I don't, man, it's been, I wrote that back in 2016, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. And no, that's, that's like dim long ago. I can't remember what I was listening to. I remember it took, I remember it took me four, I remember it took me four days to write. That's all I remember about it, really. Yeah, that's pretty dang fast. I mean, like, uh, so I guess if if you don't really have an intention, what, um, Mm -hmm. what kind of compels you to like, when Mm -hmm. you come up with something like mapping the interior? Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember reading an interview where you were kind of talking about you had an image or like the first sentences of of it. Yeah, usually it's just going. That's usually it. It's usually just a sentence, a line, and then that unfolds into another sentence. And then pretty soon it's a big snowball. And I'm just kind of riding on top of that snowball seeing where it goes um and map the interiors case what happened was um i owed ellen datlow the editor a novella and had to get that ready and so that was my impetus to write the novella was i need to 
turned something <laughs> into Ellen, you know. <laughs> Nothing like a deadline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we all know. <laughs> deadline creeping. Mm-hmm. No one's more motivated than a writer when a deadline is creeping. <laughs> <laughs> that was my application to grad school. Oh, it's due tomorrow. <laughs> Better write something for the portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But Same going girl. back, going back quickly yeah. to the topic of music, because now, now I'm curious. Like, mm-hmm. what sort of music do you normally listen to when when you're writing? When I'm writing, it has yeah. to be music that I just know without. I don't have to listen to it anymore. I've listened to it so many times that it doesn't really make me pay attention to it. So, but it also can't be like too. Um, I can't want to listen to it if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I can't listen to Towns Van Zandt when I write because I always want to just live in his lines, you know. And mm-hmm. I found that if I listen to it, like on my novel playlists, I can have usually one Bruce Springsteen song and no more because I can't handle more than one of his at a time when I'm writing. <laughs> um, but as for the usual contenders, um, there's always. A lot of Bonnie Tyler, a lot of Footloose, that kind of stuff. A lot of Grease. Uh, just stuff that I've listened to so, so many times. Um, Cher, a lot of Cher. <laughs> a, lot of, a whole lot of Meatloaf. Always a lot of Meatloaf. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Bad out of hell. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I find I can't have anything with words or I just, mm-hmm. there I'm, I'm singing or whatever and I'm like mm-hmm. typing the lyrics and then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that in a couple RPG things that I wrote and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, we got to change that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so, okay. So let's, uh, Joanna, you had uh, written down, I think the next thing, which was um, Native American culture relationship to spirit stories. Do you want to expand on that question a little bit, Joanna? And then... Yeah. I mean, it, it was more of, of like, it kind of folds into some of the, I guess, the other points that that I had, um, mainly because the the father was very much in like invested in his culture when he was younger. Um, you know, his mother and and his aunts would tell Junior like, yeah, he loved to watch the dancers and he really wanted to be to be like them. But kind of like as he grew older, he fell very much away from culture and life on the reservation and was mm-hmm. kind of like drifting along. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was just wondering, is there some sort of significance to the fact that now he has kind of become a spirit himself and part of, I guess would be his son's like personal lore um, mm. as it kind of loosely relates to his connections to his native American culture. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I hear that. Um, I don't know. You know, for me, yeah, you, you're right. You're right. Or that's the way I read him as well is that um, it, it's not, it's nothing particular to be an Indian. It's just when we're six years old, we all want to be like firemen or something like um, something kind of holy you know mm-hmm. something good there's something some 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 force of good and then we're we're 15 and we're like anarchy you know we want to pull the world down <laughs> you know um and to me that's 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 junior's dad he just that it's which is the typical arc of everybody more or less you know mm-hmm. um and on, on the reservation or off the reservation you know um but but you're right he does come back in the guise of a fancy dancer you know mm-hmm. he's got the the distinct silhouette 
and it is as if he is in spirit form or in ghost form or however you want to say it he's kind of um i don't know occupying or inhabiting or realizing what he initially saw as his potential you know like he's leapfrogging over when he was 15 mm -hmm. and going straight to what he dreamed he was going to be when he was six yeah and i'm um as for, i don't have any real read on that that's just the way i see it happening you know yeah i There's wanted to be indiana yeah. jones that's what i want <laughs> yeah, yeah. i want a fedora and a whip and yeah, yeah. yeah. it belongs in a museum <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. yes that's what i wanted to be um, yeah. yeah you got big dreams when you're a kid <laughs> right Everybody. yeah what about yeah. you joanna what do you want to be what did i want to oh i mean i Honestly, I didn't really know. Like I walked around saying like, I want to be a marine biologist, but I had no idea what the hell that even was. So has that marine biology. What about you, Steven? Did you, what did you want to be? What was yours? Um, when I was five or six, let me think. I, I don't think I can remember back that far. My memory pretty much starts when I'm in third grade. Um, I remember I used to draw a lot of blueprints back then. Like I had an idea of being an architect, you know, it wasn't a possibility. Everybody where I grew up was either, either worked at oil field or a cotton field. But um, I remember I, I, would, I would draw diagrams and blueprints. I, I like the straight lines, you know? I remember in sometime in elementary, I got in big trouble because I wouldn't color inside the lines, but um, that didn't really fit in with being an architect because architects do color inside the lines very, very well. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I went like, like all of us, I changed every three or four months, you know, mm. I started, I would want, I remember for a long time, I wanted to be a blue angels pilot, you know, to, to I actually got to blue. sit in one once. I was pretty awesome. Oh, wow. I was a little That's kid. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My dad was in the air force and they came yeah, to so, the air force base and I got to sit in one and everything. Nice. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad was, my dad was, is air force as well. Um, let me think. What a, oh, rodeo! Like that was always our way out. You know, growing up in West Texas, was we were gonna join the rodeo circuit and blast off out of this place. You know, um, what else? But of everything I ever wanted to be, rider was never even in contention. It was never even a possibility. You know, ah. not even a little bit. So, so what? What put you down the dark path? <laughs> you know what? What happened was I had missed a week of school my second year of my of when I was a freshman at Texas Tech there and I came back and I told my teacher my instructor that I hadn't done, written the personal essay I was supposed to write but here I pulled some pages out of my spiral and gave them to her I said I did write this is proof I wrote and I'd written the story and she said all right maybe I'll give you partial credit but she liked it and she typed it up for me I didn't have a word processor and none of us had computers and she typed it up and entered it into a departmental contest and it won and i got like 150 dollars and i was like what you mean you can make money telling lies you know and, <laughs> and so then i just then i just kept doing it i could get little checks if i just kept writing stories and so that's what it started for me yay teachers <laughs> yay teachers for sure there's always there always has to be at least well, hopefully for everybody, at least that one teacher that like, yeah, yeah. even if they're the only one that believes in you or pushes you in a direction that you didn't know you were going to go, like yeah. it just, it just happens. Um, yeah. 
for me it was my librarian actually my school librarian and oh, it wow. wasn't because like a teacher that made me want to write but she gave me Carrie by Stephen King and like when I read that it was like oh I want to do that oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Cool. I was like and then I it didn't wasn't until years later I kind of realized the optics of her like slipping me that book probably wasn't yeah. Yeah. But she was like, hey, you can, you know, <laughs> like, here, you'll like this. Because I was reading, like, Poe and other stuff and Christopher Pike. Like, yeah. I, I I picked Christopher Pike over R.L. Stein. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of interesting because that's what the story has kind of made us, like, talk about and think mm-hmm. about was, like, where where our past went and where our potential was, like, and where mm-hmm. we had wanted to be when we were kids and yeah. what yeah. we are now, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean to go to go back to the the spiritual manifestation of of the dad I mean it's almost like it's him in his most like purest most innocent form of what he wanted to be when he when mm-hmm. he was six but then the reason why he becomes more and more like sinister towards the end is because junior realizes like oh, you know, like, he wasn't this sort of, like, mm-hmm. like, perfect, like, hero worship type, type dad, mm-hmm. you know, at least that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's how I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And then, and then he has to make the decision, do I kill him or not? You know, do I kill my yeah, dad or not? Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have that moment, too, like, at some mm-hmm. point when we're, when we're younger, where we realize our parents aren't. Yeah maybe as smart or as competent or, yeah. or you know as as we thought they were yeah know? they're just they're just they're just people like we're people you know yeah yeah and they have the same like grubby desires and make the same mistakes and have the same regret and all that you know so, yeah everybody yeah. has that that moment where it happened just i suppose not so epic as juniors yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i mean i know about you but my my dad you know didn't appear to me as a, as a ghost or anything <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah i guess we all do it's kind of these these kind of universal experiences of mm-hmm. you know what you want to be versus what you are and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean it's really yeah. what it makes you reflect on i mean that's kind of what we do here we just kind of sit and what it makes you think about, what the story makes you think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess the question is, do you hold yourself to the standards you had back when you had that previous dream or do you alter your standards and allow a new measure of success as time goes on, you know? Yeah, do you, right? Because then it's almost like, am I letting my my younger self down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. And then what ended up happening is mm. I was in college and I was doing that. My undergrad mm. is in anthro. I did that. And then I went mm. to, uh, and then I did a forensic anthropology thing, uh, which I loved. And I was like, but you know what? Maybe I want to cut on real dead bodies. Mm. So that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a pathologist, you know? Mm. And that's what I was working towards. And I was real gung ho and working towards that for a while. And then, mm uh my grandmother died and it kind of made me rethink what I wanted to do I was very close to her and it made me rethink what I wanted to do and she was a huge reader like she Mm -hmm. would stay up till two or three a.m even to her 70s like reading like so many books like and you know I would write stuff when I was a kid and she would always like you know 
uh, read it and everything like that. It made me think about what I'd always done since I was a kid. So it really is, you know, sometimes the strangest things that, that yeah. uh, did you ever have kind of have, I mean, you talked about, yeah. um, but have you had any other kind of moments like that, that were kind of that um, kind of change or shift from? Yeah. Well, you know, talking, talking about undergrad anthropology, um, I also want to be in Indiana Jones, you know, and, <laughs> And that's, of course, archaeology. So my freshman year at Texas Tech, I went to my first archaeology class. I thought this was going to be the beginning of the big adventure. You know, they'll give me a whip at graduation or whatever. And, um, and the fedora. And, you know, like, yeah, you, don't, you uh, don't have one of those regular caps. You get the, you get the yeah, fedora. You get to swing off idea. stage with your diploma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I went to class the very first day and Dr. Campbell walked in. He's probably not around anymore. He was really old at the time. And he looked at us all. There were probably like 25 of us in that little tight classroom. And he said, I know you all want to be. Um, and I think he actually said Indiana Jones, you know, or he maybe he said, that maybe this is all a big adventure. But he said, it's not. Um, this is a discipline. This is a rigorous, you know, field of study. And he said, you're not going to, if you proceed with this all the way to get your graduate degree, you're not going to be out in the field doing digs, you know, in romantic places or whatever we thought was a romantic place. He said, he said, the only, the only digging left to do is in drawers and museums. And so he like disillusioned us all. And so I didn't ever go back to that class and I became a philosophy major instead of an archaeology major. You know, so that was a big turning point for me, you know. Yeah, 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 it's funny the things that those kind of moments. I mean, like I said, this is what kind of reading, mapping the interior, because it really is, you know, it's mapping your own interior and, and thinking about like how you kind of became who you became and yeah. things and moments yeah. that kind of made up your life. It really did. Yeah. yeah. And so, also, I guess, what what dark rooms do you have in your interior, you know? I'm a horror right. writer, so we all are. So they're very, very dark, probably filled with, I don't even know. All the rooms are dark except for the closet, which has a single light bulb. That's it. Craft uh, yeah. posting, swinging spooky shadows onto the wall. That's that's the rooms inside our interior. Yeah. I've, got, except, I've, got, I've got Freddy in there somewhere. I'm sure yeah. he's just in there waiting for me. Yep. Right. Except we like it. We're like, ooh, finger puppets. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like finger puppets. Yeah. No. Um, so to like wrap this back around to yeah. to the father, since we're kind of talking about like yeah. maybe Junior's vision of himself or visions of ourself in the past, the father's vision of him himself mm-hmm. in the past. Um what 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 do you feel that was the father's ex- expectations or hopes and dreams for his children? You know, mm. like who they might yeah. grow up up to be. Um, yeah. You know, do do you think like he tried to have as best of a relationship with his kids as possible? Despite the fact that, you know, he, he passed away when mm-hmm. what junior was like four and Dino was like one, you know, mm-hmm. so what, 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 what do you think the father wanted for, for, mm-hmm. for his kids that maybe he didn't feel that he got in his life? Mm-hmm. What was your read on that? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Never had thought about that. I didn't even think about that when I was writing it. Think. Um, I guess, I mean, he, they were four and one, so he didn't want, he didn't want bad for them. I don't, think um 
what would he have wanted for them? I don't know. I really don't have any idea what he would have wanted for them. Um, he wasn't particularly selfish. I mean, he was doing his mm-hmm. own scam scams and stuff, which ended up getting him killed. But, you know, that could have been anything. He could have died in a car wreck and it might have been the same, you know? Um, mm-hmm. um, let me think. What did he want for his kids? I, know, I don't know. I, get, I guess to, <laughs> yeah, to figure that out, I'd have to figure out what his own childhood was like. So he would have like mm-hmm. a, some something to push back against or either I, I push back against or kind of idealize. But um, I don't know what Junior's childhood was like, you know? Yeah. I mean, not Junior. I don't know. I, you know, I always, father. to me, the dad is Junior as well. I call them both Junior, you know? Because I, th- I, mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. To, I think it's hilarious to have a Junior with a Junior, you know? Yeah. So in, um, in this book, actually, that's coming out soon, The Only Good Indians, um, there's a dead guy in the lake called Junior in the past, and that's supposed to be the dad in Map in the Interior. Oh, know? a little Easter egg. Oh. oh. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's, ex- that's cool. Oh. I always love it when people do that. I always love it when people do that, because it like rewards them for like reading more of your stuff. And they're like, yeah. oh, I get that. And then they get to act all superior at book club. Yeah, that's <laughs> made me wait. Oh, like, I was already excited for the only good Indians and now I'm even more excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think I think to a certain extent, you know, most parents want, mm-hmm. you know, better than they have, you know, mm-hmm. for their kids. Even when they're real mm-hmm. little, you know, you see kind of the yeah. almost trope of like the kid holding up the baby like he's gonna be president one day or or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think that's what most parents want. Um I don't know if I, I only really ever knew Junior or the dad. I only ever knew the dad as a ghost, you know, mm-hmm. More, pretty mm-hmm. much. So I never really got to know him as a, as a dad, really, just as a yeah. hungry ghost. Yeah. I guess maybe like mm-hmm. to put it through a different lens, mm-hmm. does Junior, like based on what all of his family has told him about, about his dad, yeah. what does yeah. Junior feel that his dad may have wanted for him? Hmm. That's a good question too. Let me think. Yeah. What would Junior think his dad would have wanted? Or even even his oh. mom too, because oh. it, I oh. kind of got the impression that maybe they wouldn't have left the reservation if it wasn't oh. for his dad passing yeah. away. And yeah. but maybe that was also something that his dad wanted in the first place, but felt like that was mm. never going to happen. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um. I can probably, yeah, the mom, I mean, she wants the kids to not follow the same course the dad did, you know? And so I think she thinks unplugging them from the same like lines of development that led to the dad being dead in the lake will possibly preserve them or guard against that eventuality anyways. Um, But I think there isn't there... I've written, you know, there's actually another story that comes before Mapping the Interior, which I see as being in the same world as well. And I can't, I can no longer tease that story apart from from this. That that first story is called Captivity Narrative 109. And, mm-hmm. and I want to say, I might have used some of the, like a very similar scene in Mapping the Interior um, of the dad, of the kid riding around with the dad, and they're going to a, a not maybe not the lake, but they're going. Is there a scene like that in Map the Interior where the where Junior is in the the seat by his dad? His dad is going somewhere. Mm. Maybe that's just that could just be in the story. Then the story that I see is related. Mm. I don't know. 
I don't think so, and, but let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, what, what I'm also thinking of is there's some guys who wrote a really good screenplay of Nothing Interior, and that scene is in their screenplay. And it's really, it's really, it's really a good scene. Um, and so I think my memories of mapping the interior are kind of overwritten with the changes they made to the uh-huh. story to make it into a feature. You know, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's. Also, I mean, that's interesting yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's also, and then it's also hot wired with with this book and with that other story. So it's hard to keep track of where the boundaries are. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Where's reality? What is what yeah, is time? Yeah. What is reality? Did I write that? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> no, I have I have that problem of did I write that? I'm, I remember back years ago on social media, who was it? An editor came on and he, he had like a stack of books. He said, Whoever can guess this first line of this book that I'm gonna type in can have this stack. And so he he said the first line of a book and I was in there in the thread guessing like it's this, it's this, and finally he dm'd me behind the curtain and he said you've got to stop this you're screwing everything up and i was like i can't play your stupid game what's going on you know um, and so I, I went back and I, I made another guess and he said no i'm being serious and i'm like well screw it i don't want your stupid follow books anyways and one of them was my books you know <laughs> one of my books um, <laughs> but then 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 somebody got it and it was one of my books you know i couldn't remember my own first line um and then really after a book is like two or three years old, I can remember very little about it. When when a book is in promotion, I can generally keep it in my head. But once I'm writing other books and the books I've written just go away, you know, mm. it's hard to even, hard to even think about them. Um, I still like them and I still feel like my heart is buried in them. And like really like the character, the protagonists are all secretly me, you know, I feel yeah. like that a hundred percent, but um, the particulars always fall away and I can't tell. It's like, it's like every book I've written in the past is part of one big book and they're all meshed together, you know, if that, if that makes sense, even though they're different genres and stuff. Well, talking about uh, like relationships yeah. to books and, uh, and writing them, like when you read characters, uh, like I personally felt, you know, I, I felt very protective of Junior, like, you uh, know, like I uh, wanted yeah. him to like feel safe. And I mean, how do, how do you yeah. feel? Like, what is the kind of emotions when you think about the characters in here for you? Like, do you feel the same? Yeah. Do you feel a little bit, differently about like the mom and Dino and junior how do you kind of feel well yeah I'm very I'm very protective of them I'm, at the same time I know that I have to make terrible things happen to them because I'm a writer you know a horror writer so it's, it's not going to go easy for them but that's basically my mom and my brother and me we were always living in places like that all over Texas you know and and so like that trick she does no is it we're they they tie like a flag to the top of the tetherball pole. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, like that to me was that's probably my favorite moment of that of that novella because it didn't involve any of the horror or anything like that. It was just a family trying to be a family, you know. And I am very yeah. protective of that that kind of small family unit. It's like you know, it's like Lilo and Stitch. You know, the family is small and broken, but it's theirs. You know. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. That's my that's my favorite thing. Ah. So going to a little bit more like personal question, which you can kind of deflect mm. if you want, but do you mm. see kind of some of these family relationships with your mm. own children mm. and your own? Um, no, because I mean, my wife and I are still together. So neither one of us is a single parent. So, and we have a much more stable situation. So no, not really. I mean, we, there are still those moments where like a, the perfect Sunday picnic or whatever, you know, but, um, 
I don't really see a lot of ties, but, but at the same time, of course I don't, you know, cause it's a horror story. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to <laughs> it's true. It's true. But you know, sometimes yeah. even in like little moments, you, you know, little mm -hmm. pieces of dialogue, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you mm -hmm. kind of see your own, like how the family interacts with each other. You know, some families are very like huggy and they hug a lot and say, I love you before they leave. Some families do it by like teasing the crap out of each other, you know? Yeah. You know, so yeah. sometimes those those kind of reflect what, yeah. you know, we knew, you know? No, yeah, I think, I think they can only reflect what we know actually. When, if you just totally make that up from scratch, it's not gonna feel authentic, you know? So I mm -hmm. think every, everything I put on the page is either in amplified fashion or muted fashion, some version of the thing I have felt or experienced, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, let's, let's start talking about the ending of, mm -hmm. of the novel, which was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I, I do remember that. I remember the ending. I mean, I was like, what? <laughs> like wow i mean i i mean did he become his father in a way i mean yeah i, th I think i think sons are kind of doomed to become their fathers you know i mean we, we try not to we we see we we always resist it but it seems like the resistance just makes it happen quicker you know i mean yeah. it's it's uh, i guess that sounds kind of like um what's the word not quite nihilistic but um kind of cynical i guess i don't mean to be cynical but um, and I guess it would, it's only cynical if all dads are bad. And I think all dads aren't bad. All dads aren't good. All dads are both, you know, both mm -hmm. bad and good. And, um, and I think Junior as a father loved his son, you know, terribly much, of course, but he loved him so much he would go to certain lengths to protect him or what he sees as protect him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because that was, you know, he felt like, you know, I mean, it says in there that he felt like kind of like he had failed at like the one thing mm -hmm. that he said he was going to do, which was like, you mm -hmm. know, be there for mm -hmm. his kid. You know, yeah. He felt like yeah. he had failed at yeah. that one thing. Yeah. Just, and that's, that, you know, maybe that, answer, Joanna, you were asking what does Junior mm -hmm. see his dad as having wanted for him? And I guess that does kind of stumble into that a little bit. If he is trying to correct his father's mistakes with his own son if that makes sense you know yeah um, yeah so, i mean yeah. That's, that's neat yeah i mean it, i don't think it was on purpose but it was, you know? <laughs> all subconscious <laughs> see like you hadn't said it you could have just been yeah. like oh yeah that's totally what was in there yeah i mean i think you know mothers and fathers you know they're mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't have kids, but as mm. I get older, I see more of like my my mother and me. And I'm like, mm. on one hand, yay. And on the other hand, I'm like, no, let's not do this. But let's mm. do this mm -hmm. instead. You know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, once kids grow up and have their own kids, they're always mm. trying to figure out like, okay, what are the good parts about my, my parents that I want to yeah. bring yeah. into raising my kids and what are the things that I want to try to leave as far behind as possible and that's exactly mm -hmm. how I read read the ending yeah. yeah yeah I mean are we doomed to be just like our parents or complete opposite mm -hmm. of our parents or is there kind of a middle there I mean what do you think, think Stephen <laughs> I think the more you try the more you try to resist it the more you are susceptible to it I, I feel like you know yeah 
the more you say, I'm never going to be like my mom and embarrass, like if your mom embarrassed you by dancing on the lawn, you know, where the neighbors were all looking and she's she, she just being goofy. You might say, I'm never going to do that. But then when your kid's 15, it's really fun to do that, you know, to embarrass them hopelessly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is kind of one or a couple characters that we haven't talked uh-huh. about yet. One being uh-huh. Dino, the brother. Yeah. Um, and Junior's relationship with, with Dino and mm-hmm. kind of taking over that father role, which is kind of the fate of a lot of kids who lose their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. find themselves fulfilling those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and my read on it was that, um, you know, what really broke him out of, you know, being fascinated that his father was there and kind of switching to needing to do something about it was really, he realized Dino was in danger. I mean, would you, would you too agree with that read or, or they had kind of taken over as the father role and was like, Oh, you know, we don't need you anymore. You know, you know, we can, we're, we're just fine. You know, kind of like, yeah. I guess, you know, we have a tendency when a family member dies, we like, um, what's that word? We deify them. We make them, they were perfect in retrospect, you know? And I think for me, this novella is um, Junior kind of learning the dangers of that, you know, of, mm-hmm. of turning his father or like washing his father of all his sins, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Then his, then his dad comes back and takes advantage of that. I don't know, gullibility is the wrong word, but it's something close to gullibility, you know, like mm. immediate acceptance or something. Mm-hmm. Naivety. Mm. Possibly, mm. yeah. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. What was or just, uh, w- just, just, just wishful thinking, you know, like wishful thinking, my dad was perfect, and so when he comes back, he must also be perfect, you know? And, and of course, he's not. He's just hungry, you know? Mm. Yep. Hung, hungry, hungry and selfish yeah right yeah mm-hmm. hungry and selfish yeah for sure mm-hmm. for sure that that definitely came across. yeah that whole that whole scene underneath the house was like that's it you know because <laughs> i read because so, i read cujo when i was like way too young probably to read it so like dogs attacking is is uh is like ah yeah okay yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> wonderful that, that, i wanted to bring this up anyways Sorry, sorry, Stephen. Go. Oh no, that, that's that's just from where I grew up. Like I grew up way out in the country in West Texas, and um, kind of, I guess I was probably twelve, thirteen, right after the last oil boom had ended. And during the oil boom, everybody had gone out and bought these big, beautiful dogs. After the after the collapse, nobody could, nobody had houses anymore, so everybody drove their dogs out to the country and kicked them out the door to live with farmers as they say you know and um mm-hmm. but of course all these dogs packed up and went feral and so they would just run up they would just like be in packs all over the pasture and and, and be as a kid they chased me on the, i'd have to like sleep on roofs and had a lot of close calls with packs of dogs nearly getting me and so mm-hmm. th- that's that were the, that was like where these dogs come from you yeah. know um i mean yeah. i like dogs i like dogs i still like dogs i have I have dogs but um I think dogs that have gone wild are pretty dangerous. I mean, because yeah. they, 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 they've got to be to find rabbits, to find food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've they, they yeah. got to be like that. It's just, I don't, I don't want to be that food. You know? 
Yeah, I have dogs myself. So, but and I'm in West Texas too, and I can tell you, there's not any better. I'm in Lubbock, so which isn't mm-hmm. too far, I think, from where you mm-hmm. uh, grew yeah. up. Uh, yeah. and, and they're not any better about dogs here nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you that yeah. right now. We have a huge uh, dog problem here. But yeah, yeah, I mean, just just the whole idea of like kind of rooting that and being afraid and using that fear mm-hmm. to feed. Mm-hmm you know, the, the, the spirit and the ghost of his father was very, uh, you know, kind of very powerful, I thought. And, I mean, what, I guess my question is, um, what, I'm trying to phrase it. Joanna, do you have anything you want to say? I, well, I try to remember my, what my actual question was. You I like mean, you now to- knowing that that scene's based on like your real life experiences, Stephen, mm-hmm. um, now mm-hmm. that scene is way more terrifying. Like I was already terrified <laughs> reading that part. And it was this, this, this twofold thing, right? Cause I mean, Junior's trying to defend himself and he, you know, mm-hmm. kind of has to murder the dogs in the process. And then the neighbors are going to get mad. He's worried about the neighbor being mad. He's worried about mm-hmm. the cops. He's worried about his mom coming mm-hmm. back home. Mm-hmm. And I've never have been in that position before, but mm-hmm. when, when I was younger, even if I was in a situation that wasn't my fault, I was still afraid I was going to get in trouble anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just because. So that that scene hit me like pretty oh, hard, yeah. just because I have felt yeah. those th- similar yeah. emotions before. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we're talking about those universal child experiences, I guess, of mm-hmm. you know being afraid of getting in trouble and mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. But I guess um, my question was. Um, for for y'all was what do you feel kind of is dino's kind of role like in the family and the whole story um you know place in the family and you know i always kind of felt like he's kind of the emotional heart of the family you know mom and junior can kind of both agree you know they want to take care of of uh, dino yeah yeah. what did y'all what did y'all what you read on it i guess my read on dino is that his um desires and motivations are kind of pure you know they're not sullied by worldly concerns if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. for that reason he becomes in a horror story kind of safe you know like inviolable you can't you can't do bad stuff to dino but so that that told me that's exactly where i have to go you know i have to i have to do bad things to dino if i want this to be an actual um unsettling horror story you know yeah yeah, and it was. What about you, Joanna? What was your kind of read on Tina? Um, well, uh, unfortunately for that whole bit, my Wi-Fi cut out briefly. <laughs> so oh. I, I apologize. <laughs> so I have no idea what you said, Stephen. <laughs> but um, curse you, Spectrum. Um, <laughs> uh, he but, was um, talking about how he felt, you know, sort of his motivations were pretty pure. And in the case of a horse, I, I did. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I did hear that part. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Dino is somebody who absolutely needs to be protected, not just because he has um, health issues, but because mm-hmm. he is younger, more naive. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and going back to everything that the three of us have, have talked about with Junior becoming like, um, really 
like motivated to figure out, you know, why his father's ghost is there and how the further into that he gets, like the more these seizures start happening with, with Gino until Junior real realizes I need to cut this crap out. I need to let the past go mm-hmm. in order to, you know, not only for me to emotionally or for, or for, for Junior to move forward emotionally but for him to be able to focus on Dino his mom and creating the best life that that they can um so it while for any child who either loses their parent younger is very estranged from from their parent and I very much relate to that on the estranged part um there is this uniqueness to learning about of your family member from from another source, especially when you have minimal contact with them, or like they passed away when you were a baby, so you're hearing stories about about them, and you build up an image in in your mind, and that's exactly what Junior did, taking him away from from you know what was right there in front front of him, his his family, but then. It, that gave me the sense that, and again, moving away from Dino back over to uh, mm-hmm. Junior, but like mm-hmm. he was, there was something missing in him that caused him to go on this journey, you know, and mm-hmm. I I got the feeling it started long before he even saw his father's ghost, you know. Yeah, so. I, like, I like that. That's cool. Yay! (laughs) So, um, the kind of final two characters, uh, you know, I had said we had like two characters talking about, but I thought of another one, um, were two were like kind of like the more secondary characters of like the neighbor and the deputy, um, in there, and they're kind of, you know motivators quite a lot of times to the story and what's going on like i kind of got to read that they're kind of like you know infringers on kind of what's going on what was your what's your kind of read on those two kind of periphery Mm -hmm. characters i guess um when you have a story that's kind of locked in a place like at this house then side characters have to come in periodically to kind of to bring the story you know and that's what the neighbor does for sure and later on in the novella that's what the deputy does so yeah they're just they're story bringers um and they're both threats too you know the deputy is a threat to the like sanctity of the family unit they formed with the three of them mm-hmm. and the neighbor is like a he's like physical threat you know i guess physical and social actually um yeah, yeah so they both bring they both bring threats yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we are actually um, uh, at, uh, you know, a few minutes. So let's talk about your newest uh, that you yeah. have. By this yeah. time this comes out, uh, it'll actually be out already because this will be a yeah. couple weeks in the future. So uh, tell us about that. It's um, The Only Good mm-hmm. Indians coming out July, came out July 14th. Um. Yeah, <laughs> need to talk about it in the past tense. Um, it's it's a it's a slasher novel. I mean, Jason and Freddy and Ghostface and Michael. Those are the that's the genre that I prefer, you know. And this is my take on. I mean, I've done other slashers. I'll do more slashers, but right now this is my take on the slasher. Um, four guys are out hunting, 
and they make a mistake in the field and 10 years later that mistake comes back to hunt them to hunt them to get them you know to make them pay to balance the scales of justice and yeah it gets ugly for them of course as it should. scales of justice and, are never pretty they're usually no, they're or something mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and slasher slashers always come at you with a disproportionate response too yeah. you know like like you you can hit their shoulder in the in the food court in the mall and they come at you with a chainsaw and you're like that's not fair you know but, stick your face you know in the fry later in the food court yeah. 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 pick you up in the sleeping yeah. bag smash you against the tree <laughs> you know that's one of the best kills in those movies that's one of my favorite ones oh, honestly yeah. that the tree yeah. kill you know? Yeah, really yeah definitely. So do, so do we get disproportionate responses in, in this book? Yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then the, the most fun part, I think, of slashers is like if they, if someone pulled a prank or committed, you know, did some travesty against a character who was a victim, if it was six people who did that, the slasher would come back and kill those six people. But they never stop there. They're like, all right, I'm going to kill all camp counselors, not just these camp counselors, but all camp counselors, you know? And so, yeah. so that's the fun, that's the fun part about slashes is they get carried away. You know, they're like, I got too much momentum. I can't stop now. I got to keep going. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely, I love slashers. So yeah, Joanna yeah. does too. I don't know if you can see her Jason picture in the background. Y'all on the podcast listening can't see it, but she's got a, oh, yeah. a gorgeous yeah. Yeah. Jason back there. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah, nice and I have Jason my, my painting Freddy, my Freddy stuff over here. So mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of, you know, you have to agree with friends who's whose favorite slash. Yeah. You know, it's just like one of those, you know, yeah. you have to be a little proprietary. I always like Freddie because yeah. he has attitude. You know, I like mm-hmm. the, the attitude. So yeah, so uh y'all listening, definitely uh, go and get that. The only good Indians should be out. Um and it will have come out July 14th. So go and get it. They should still be there. Um, and I will thank you so much, Stephen, for, for yes. joining us and everything. Um, yeah. Next time, everybody, we're going to be talking about Midsommar, the 2019 oh. movie by Ari Aster. Have you seen it, Stephen? I have seen it, yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, I, I still, I haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to oh, be girl, wow. girl, watching it for the first time. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. She's seen something I haven't, or she's yeah. read something or vice yeah. versa. So yeah, so we're um, excited about this one. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish, I wish I had like more concrete answers. You know, I never have, I, I never have like good yes or no answers i just have like <laughs> essay answers you know <laughs> like i always feel like i have a blue book and i have to fill it <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's just like that's what we do we just kind of get together and bounce around thoughts and everything it's always yeah. my more perspective because you know you wrote it you know and and it's kind of interesting that you kind of have like well you know i'm kind of come at it as a reader more now you know mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. a very interesting you know, I think very kind of interesting way to way to do it. So. Yeah, I figure I figure that as the person who wrote it, like I have anecdotes about the writing of it, but I don't have any special insight into the dynamics or anything like that. You know, I just yeah. um, I know that the, I know that this character was based on that person, and I know that um, Lost was in the fourth season when I wrote this part, or something like that. Something ridiculous that doesn't matter <laughs> at all. That's that's generally what I have for my novels. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but those those are such fun things to to talk about though because as all all of us writer i mean we have we have very 
we all have a different process, you know, so it's fun, like getting inside the other person's head and, and seeing, you know, oh, when they wrote this chapter, they had this, this for breakfast. Mine's not hard. I just write on spite. That's, that's pretty much <laughs> it's just spite and coffee and and there we go there you're good to go you had a couple horror stories out of that that can get you far <laughs> but anyway thank you for joining us and thank you everybody for listening you can follow us on twitter at the box underscore podcast we are on stitcher spotify apple podcast and podbean so any of those, I uh, should be able to listen to us. Thank you again, mm -hmm. Stephen, for coming. And I can't wait for this book. And hopefully by the time this comes out, I will be reading it instead of just talking about reading it. So <laughs> thank you very much. All right, thank you. I can't great, wait great to topic. find out what's in the box of your next What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs>